Welcome to the Redemption Hill podcast, addressing current topics practically through a gospel-centered lens and identity. I'm Brandon Mercer. This is Charles Fernandez and Matt Mears. We are elders here at Redemption Hill Church, and over the last several weeks, and we'll continue to do this for the next handful of weeks, we have been discussing matters of doctrine, uh, some of the core beliefs in the Christian faith, as we seek not to have a blind faith, but to have a revealed and reasoned faith in God. And today we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and we know that sometimes the Holy Spirit is a little bit more difficult to understand. It's certainly something in some settings or traditions where the Holy Spirit's a little underemphasized, and in some other traditions it's a little overemphasized. And there's some confusion on how the Holy Spirit works, who He is, um, you know, all the different variations of, of what does the Holy Spirit do and how does He work inside uh, what we talked about a few weeks ago, the character of God, the Trinitarian nature of God, and as the third person of God. And so who is the Holy Spirit? That's that's what we want to address today. What does he do? How does he how is he active in the life of the believer and 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 who is he as God? Uh, who what does he do in the church? And so we want to dissect some of these things together today. We know that it's extremely important. Uh, we talked about the person and work of Jesus Christ last week, and Jesus himself tells the disciples in John chapter 16 that it's better for you that I actually go, mm-hmm. that I'm not walking next to you, but when I go, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to live and dwell in the life of the believer, the follower of Christ, and that that's actually better for us. And so we want to kind of discuss what does that mean and how does that work in our lives. It, it, it seems crazy to me yeah. that it would be better for us for, to have the Holy Spirit than Jesus right next to us. Mm. Uh, and so it, it means that the Holy Spirit is extremely helpful, extremely important, that, that we need to understand who he is because it means a lot to our life joy and, and giving glory to God. Yeah. Um, so we want to start off by asking the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, and what we've been doing is beginning with our statement of faith uh, here at Redemption Hill Church and kind of using that as a platform to build off. So I'll ask Matt to, to read that and then we'll uh, jump into this a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So this can be found on our website. It says this, we believe that the Holy Spirit is the person of God who convicts the world of sin and is the supernatural agent in salvation. Mm. The Holy Spirit baptizes all believers into the body of Christ indwelling in each believer to give them the identity of Christ at salvation, sealing each believer to be a child of God for all eternity and working in the life of every believer to produce a Christ-likeness in his life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's really good. And that just leads into the foundation and states the fact that the Holy Spirit is God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Brandon, in your, in your intro there, you know, you allude to the fact that there's this, misunderstanding or a lack of knowledge about who the Holy Spirit is and what his role in ministry is uh, uh, to us. And I think sometimes that's because in scripture, uh, there's so many like different symbols that are used to describe the Holy Spirit, like fire, wind, wine, these kinds of things. And then just the term spirit, you know, it makes it seem like, you know, it's this extraterrestrial kind of deal. We can't really wrap our, uh, our, our mind around it, but I think it's important. And you, and you said this is that, um, the Holy Spirit, uh, he is the one who, uh, uh, who allows us not only for truth to be revealed to our heart, but for us to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he is, he is God. He is not, um, uh, as one person 
uh, I heard it uh, uh, say one time, the Holy Spirit is not the junior partner in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. He, he is fully God, and the Scripture supports that. In the Scripture, he is called, he is called God. Uh, a couple of weeks back, Brandon, when you were preaching on Acts chapter 5, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias sells land and then lies to the apostles and, and keeps the money, uh, keeps back a portion of the money for himself, but tells the apostles it was one thing when it wasn't. And when Peter says, you know, Ananias, why have you contrived this into your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And then says, but you've not lied to men, you've lied to God. So there we see uh, uh, Peter and the apostles equate the Holy Spirit as being God. We see in Genesis chapter one and verse two in creation, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water, over the over the over the chaos. And so he's present there in in creation. Um, He's on equal basis with the Father and also with uh, God the Son. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, the scripture says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. So once again, we see uh, we talked about the Trinity a couple of weeks back. We see how the, the, the three persons of the, of the Godhead are in uni, uh, unity with one another. And so therefore, the, the Holy Spirit is there. And then finally, he, he has the characteristics of God. Mm-hmm. Um, the scripture refers to him as being uh, being all knowing. Psalm 139, 7, the, the psalmist writes, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I answer that nowhere because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's 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 all knowing. Um, uh, so he's omniscient. The Hebrews chapter nine says that he's eternal. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is a f- is fully God as a third person of the Trinity and, and not just. Uh, you know, something that we need to put over the corner over there and not really mess with. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think what you're saying, Charles, is really important. And and even going back to, you know, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with just truth itself and and right. and God being truth and mm. and how He is working in in all ways that are required for that reality for Him to actually be God and and to create and to sustain and to be sovereign and and to work uh, in his creation and for to be able to supply salvation to us who have yeah. rebelled against him and and eternity and and everything that we read about in scripture and what a, and and what who God is and what God would have to be to to be who he claims to be yeah. um, we see those 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 three facets always working perfectly yeah. um, in Father, Son, and Spirit. And and so Father, you can think of as, as kind of leading, kind of sitting on the throne, sovereign, leading over all things. And Jesus is pointing to the Father, seeking the Father. But he's always, and we'll talk about this in just a second, he's always doing everything, acting in the world through the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, which which he says the Spirit is is working through me to do all of these things. We see that at his baptism, actually, as his ministry begins, right. that the Father speaks to him uh, and from above, seated on the throne, leading, sovereign over all things, and, and revealing uh, that aspect of, of God who is sovereign and in control over everything. Jesus is, is revealing the Word of God, the truth of God in his life and in his action and and the spirit's applying. The spirit comes and 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 lands on him like as a dove. Um, and then from that point forward, everything that Jesus is doing, he's saying, is from the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we can dig into that a little bit more in just a second. But what you have essentially is the Father leading. Yep. Uh, Jesus is revealing mm-hmm. the truth of the Word, who God is, 
and the Spirit's applying those things. Yeah. And, and, and we see that all throughout Scripture. And all of uh, the, the Trinitarian nature of God, all three, are, are working equally, and they're equally active in all of creation, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, Charles. Uh, then also in all of uh, sustaining everything that has been created, and everything that has been created that has life is being sustained in, in uh, the Trinitarian nature of God and all of eternity, mm. Father, Son, Spirit, they are all active in in everything, um, past, present, and future. Um, and so I think that's important for the foundation of understanding the, the Holy Spirit. And I know we've talked a little bit about that when we talked about the Trinity, yeah. uh, but, um, but it's important to lay that foundation again. Um, and then I think that leads us right into the question of, of how does the Holy Spirit work? And maybe we start off with that by giving the example of, of Jesus and how the Holy Spirit worked in the life of Jesus and how uh, that is demonstrated to us of how the Holy Spirit works in life uh, of the, the life of the believer. Mm-hmm. So when you think, you know, about Jesus and, and um, I mean, there's so many f- facets when you begin thinking about the Holy Spirit and his role that are just mind-blowing. So, Brandon, you mentioned earlier just how, just for Jesus even to make this statement, it's better for you for, that I go away, is a, is a mind-blowing statement in and of itself. Yeah. But if you then wind that whole thing back, and, and you think about the incarnation, so the angel tells Mary that the Spirit is going to overshadow you, and then what will, uh, and, then the, and then a child will be conceived, and, and he will be the Savior of the world. And uh, so, right in the at the at the very gen- uh, very uh, at the very beginning of the incarnation, God becoming man, um, we see the Holy Spirit not just not just facilitating that he is he is uh, causing it you know to come into being by overshadowing Mary. And then uh, I never thought about this. I mean, so Mary becomes pregnant with with Christ. God in her and then when Jesus dies and and is raised and then ascends the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us so we start talking about the life in the Holy Spirit and the work of the of the Spirit uh, in Jesus's life when we start there just to think about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one who overshadowed that caused the the incarnation to happen is just a uh, mind-blowing truth to even think about yeah yeah, and one of my favorite texts of Scripture that, that reveals this and how not only is the Spirit at work in the incarnation of Christ, but the life of Christ and the display of who He is and the power to do what Christ did, yep. who is the only one that could, could do what He has done to, to provide salvation through His life, death, and resurrection. And, and he attributes the power of the Holy Spirit to doing all that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see the Spirit even working in and through the life of Christ. And in Luke 4, 16 to 21, yeah. uh, it says this, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as it was a custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found a place where it was written. He knew exactly where it was, a <laughs> big old scroll. He pulls it out. He's like, these are my words. And so verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. So everything Jesus is teaching is through the power of the Holy Spirit. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive and recover the sight of the blind. So the miracles, right, to set the liberty 
those uh, of those who are oppressed. So he's setting free the captive. He's healing. He's teaching through the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to proclaim the gospel truth mm-hmm. of salvation and everything that it will do. And then he rolls up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, yeah, that I am God yeah. and that I have come. Um, and we see the Spirit working through him to do all that he does and uh you know and mentioning even uh jesus's baptism and then he goes right into the wilderness for 40 days and just displays exactly what he's come to do to fulfill what man could not and he's tempted by the enemy satan and he's there for 40 days and and kind of fulfills in those 40 days everything that the people of god failed to do in the old testament Mm -hmm. And then he lives perfectly on our behalf and we see his life and then he goes to pay the penalty of our death and rises from the grave and and says that everything he's doing he's doing to the father through the spirit and and so we see how the the spirit is living and active and that's not to say that jesus is less god we talked about that last week he's fully god but he's but they're displaying how they work and and how they they uh are one together and the different roles that they play and and the spirit is is ever important in creation sustaining of creation our lives the sustaining of our lives our salvation which we'll see in just a moment uh and our eternity Mm -hmm. and and our being able to live Mm -hmm. out the way that god has called us to to live out the freedom that he Mm -hmm. brings to us and the the life that he brings um Matt, did you have? Yeah, I mean, just in in John chapter 16, we've alluded to it a little bit. Verse 8 says this, And when he comes, he being the Holy Spirit, uh, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so two of those that I, I really think about is is that the Holy Spirit convicts us of a, both sin and righteousness. And by the way, this is Jesus speaking, yeah. right? And so we have here the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the, right here working in perfect unity as one. And we see that um, that concerning sin and righteousness, that, that there is a sense in which we must understand that the Spirit works to convict us of our sin, showing us that we are much worse off than we ever could imagine, right? Our sin is so much worse than any of us could have ever thought that it was. Uh, But our God is more gracious than we could have ever hoped, and that he is more loving and kind than that that his righteousness is perfect, that his holiness, that that, that, that he is set apart, that he has done all that is required for us. And so when we think about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the is the indweller, the one who's dwelling in us, both to, to to convict us of just the bad news, right? That we're much worse off than we maybe would like to admit, but that we're also much more we're much more loved than we could have ever thought was was possible. And so I think that's helpful understanding that that's the work of the Spirit. That, that that's what Jesus is saying. That concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, and even says you mentioned that Jesus was was 
tempted by Satan, by, by the enemy. But it says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus knew that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit would testify to the fact that, the, that Satan has been judged and has been found wanton and, and that he will not see victory, that Jesus will achieve the victory for us. So it's really interesting because when you, by the time you get to the Gospel of John chapter 16, where, Matthew, uh, where Matt's reading, and uh, Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit. He's instructing the, the disciples about that. And he, he starts that discourse and actually in chapter 14. And he talks about in 14, uh, chapter 14 and 15 and 16, uh, this whole discourse about the Holy Spirit to the disciples. So he's, he's given them a, a download mm. teaching after having demonstrated a spirit-empowered life. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like what you were talking about, Brandon, uh, in Luke 4, when he sits down with those scrolls, even at that point is, is very uh, interesting because when you read uh, that, when you read in uh, uh, the end of Luke 3 and in, in, in chapter 4, the whole story of the wilderness, uh, the scripture is very specific and it is displaying uh, Christ's being empowered and being led by being led by the Spirit. And so you have the accounting in Luke 3 when it talks about him being baptized. Well, then it, it talks about how the, the Spirit came and alighted upon him like, like, like a dove. So there you see the, the, the role of the Spirit there. Mm -hmm. And then it mentions in Luke 4, 1, after his, after his baptism, that Jesus was full mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and that in being full of the Holy Spirit, it, 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 so it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and then was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. um, when he comes out of the wilderness... Uh, it says then that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and then that leads to the story you referred to in the synagogue where he reads that he's anointed by the Spirit. And so you have a very, uh, 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 a very clear, and um, here in the Scripture, uh, an example is, is being made that, uh, that as God's people, as, you know, as, um, as his sons and his daughters, just as Jesus was uh, relating to the Spirit, was led by the Spirit, full of the Spirit, dependent upon the Spirit, then that's the kind of life that we are to lead as well, that we, we need to be dependent upon Him. And then in, in the Gospel of John, like uh, what Matthew just read, we, we begin to see all the different ways that He helps us. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that same power is given to the life of the believer mm -hmm. to dwell and to live, and, and, and the Spirit is in us and living and dwelling in and, and through us, uh, so the Spirit is revealing, Matt, as you said, to us uh, who we are mm -hmm. in light of Christ. And mm -hmm. he's doing that because he's allowing us to see Christ mm -hmm. and, his, uh, and who he is and how magnificent and glorified yeah. God is to be right. and how, how short we come. Uh, in our rebellion against him, that we were created to be in community with him, rebelled against him in our sin, how short we fall uh, to his holiness and his righteousness. So the spirit is the one who's working to reveal that to us and then revealing the beauty of Christ mm -hmm. and the work of Christ and, and the power of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And, and then to apply his work to us, that, that, that he actually reveals who Christ is to us. Um, and, and reveals and, and, and shows us the, our need for Christ mm -hmm. and then lives and dwells in us once we place our faith in Christ and are saved by his grace and through his work alone for us. 
he's the one who's actually growing us. Yeah. And and he is the the security of our eternity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so the the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And I want us to dig a little bit deeper into this of like how the Spirit actually works, right? Mm-hmm. But the the work of the Spirit is unbelievable and critical. We see it in the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. We know that the Spirit, as we've said, is fully God. Um, and and so what are or what is maybe the primary way that the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer? Well, in a if you want to give it a broad term that has a lot of applications, we've already mentioned it before. I mean, so here once again in the Gospel of John, the main word that is used is is, is helper. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the Spirit empowered life is the is is the life being empowered in order to know truth and not just know it and understand it but to experience it and be transformed by it mm-hmm. um so in john chapter 14 uh when jesus says he says man the, the spirit when i go i'm going to pray to the father and he's going to send the spirit to you and he's going to be in you and i think somebody alluded to this earlier and I, I wrote this down so the, the way this begins to work in our lives is that we are transformed. We are transformed by the Holy Spirit to be like Christ, and so we begin to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. We begin to show gospel maturity, right? We begin to walk in love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, these kinds of things. So we're transformed by the Holy Spirit to be like Christ, and we are empowered by the Spirit in order to fulfill the mission of Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, that is the spirit you know working uh working in us but so on a on a broad level then that helper he transforms us to develop uh christian character not just to do good works i mean to be transformed Mm -hmm. and then we are empowered then to fulfill uh uh that for which god has created us to to participate in god's mission and to fulfill uh his call upon our lives that's on a very broad level and that's different ways as that walks walks out right. if you have yeah i mean uh you know you you, you talked about the fruit of the spirit i, I just want to um you know remind us of that from galatians chapter 5 it says the fruit of uh the spirit uh is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law mm-hmm. and all those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25 says this, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And so there is a very real aspect to, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, there is a vertical aspect to uh, what we see in everything. There's also a horizontal aspect to that. And verse 25 says that if we live according to, if we live by the leading of the Holy Spirit, then it is going to, he is going to convict us of our sin and also show us the way of truth and say that you are to live at peace as much as it is with you to live at peace with uh, with others. And so you are going to, if you're living by the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is being uh, being grown in you, then you are going to have love for your brother and for your enemy, as Jesus would say. You are going to have peace in your, not only in your own self, but you're going to be a peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, you are going to have patience with situations, not only in your household, but also patience with those that do not yet know Jesus. And so it is, uh, the Spirit is 
working in us and also working through us uh, to bring peace to the world around us. Yeah. And, and that, that really begins to like, okay, God, like, what are you, what are you after? And I think Brandon, you talked about this before. Anytime that you uh, understand or know or sense or um, gain anything in God, it is the work of the spirit. Right. So whether you have put a name on it or not, whether you understand or not what that is, you can put, whether you put that name on it, that is the work of the spirit. If you have grown at all in Christ, if you have been drawn to God, if you have been saved, that is all by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it cannot be understated uh, what the what all the spirit does, both vertically to bring us to God, but then also horizontally to help us to live at peace with our fellow mm. man and our world. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that's the truth of the gospel, right? right? That that Christ did come live and die and rise and did all the work for our salvation. We put our faith in him. We're saved by his grace. He tells us that the power of the Holy Spirit will come and live and dwell in us. It's better than him actually walking with us because now he's indwelling in us. He's transforming us. So this is how, because of the resurrection of Christ, we're able to know God. Mm -hmm. And through the power of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us, we are transformed into his likeness. And so we're not working to become like him. Mm -hmm. We are positionally made one with him through the power of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us. Um, and so the, the work of Christianity is, is learning to understand and live in the freedom um, of being made one with God positionally. Mm. Um, and so he's transforming us. He's working in us. But this is how salvation by grace works. It's how sanctification works by grace. It's how eternity uh, works in the grace of God. Because we become in community with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is 1 Corinthians six nineteen. It says this, For those who are in Christ, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own. So we're made one with him, we're his, we're in community with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, typically we want to use that verse to say your body's a temple, don't do things to the outside of it. But it's actually talking about your body is a temple. Don't let sin dwell in you because you've been set free from it. So don't find your identity in sinful things and things of the world. Find your identity in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow him to transform you that you might become more like him and what you were created to be. That You might honor him and give him glory in all things. uh, And that you might find your joy in being one with God who has made you to be in community with him. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Right. He's living and dwelling in us to transform us. So therefore, yeah, like we begin to love to live in the fruits of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5, 22 to 23 describes what the fruits of the Spirit are. Uh, and you can find those in other places as well. But like they actually become, uh, you know, who we are. Yeah. And Matt, as you were saying, as you guys were both saying, that, that love becomes a reflection of the love that, of, of God, who is love. Mm-hmm. And because he is living and dwelling in us, we begin to love as we have been loved. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things are just a reflection of who we already are positionally because those things describe who God is. Yeah. Um, and, and so we see the beauty of those things. And ultimately, Matt, as you were just saying, the spirit is actually what makes those things come alive to us. Right. So the spirit is, is what's living and dwelling in the heart of the believer that is transformed, but it's also 
what gives sight to our blind eyes to see God and the reality of his grace and his work and the salvation that we need in him. Sure. And, and I think that's even one of the reasons that um, describing him as a helper, which is such a helpful way to say it because it kind of uh, is a word that reflects everything else that the spirit does. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of the reasons that we tend to underemphasize him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love how uh, yeah. J.I. Packer put it. Um, I heard him say one time that the Holy Spirit is shy. And what he meant by that is the whole, he is God. He's always doing his work, but he's constantly pointing us to God through the work of Christ. Mm. And so he kind of is the applied work of God and, and the work of Christ behind the scenes because he's pointing us towards the work of Christ that we might see Christ and his work and our salvation by grace and and continue to grow in Christ's likeness. And so he's working in that way. And so Matt, as you said, yes, like whenever we sense God, we notice God, we grow in God, we experience God in any way, it's the work of the spirit. We're experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Our experience of God oftentimes because of that is, is ahead of our theology of God. So we're experiencing him through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then we're able to learn of him to understand him and without the work of the holy spirit um our eyes are closed to the reality of god and who he is and his power and even salvation that can only come from him first corinthians 12 3 that no one can say jesus is lord except through the power of the holy spirit right, right. like he actually opens our eyes to salvation okay guys so i i know that we've reflected on this a little bit but well let me let me actually a little bit of a curveball question okay so we've talked about how the holy spirit works in us what he primarily does mm-hmm. how we how we're we see the example of that in christ um who the holy spirit is in in scripture um how do we know so i get this question a lot like how do i know that i have the holy spirit how do i um and, and i think we have reflected on this a little bit but just to make it very clear because sometimes i think people think oh, i don't feel like the holy spirit actually works in me that that i that that i I'm in touch with him or I'm in tune with him or he's speaking to me. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we know that the Holy Spirit is in us? Well, number one, we know it because the scripture says so, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, uh, and I'm not trying to, uh, Jesus juke by saying that, but I mean, <laughs> um, but that's the fact we, so, uh, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus mm-hmm. and Nicodemus comes to him by night and Jesus says, Hey, you, you have to be born, uh, again, and he says, "You be bo- being born of the Spirit," mm-hmm. and uh, and it sort of relates to what you were talking here about a, min- uh, a minute ago. That the reason why that the Holy Spirit is able to work on the inside of us is because when when we confess Christ and we and we made Him Lord and Savior, uh, when we talk about the Spirit coming and in, in, in dwelling on the inside of us, um, we have to understand that that is a total nature change on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that um, when we're born again, we're born of the divine nature. Well, we're born of the divine nature because of the fact that the Spirit of God uh, uh, takes residence, you know, in our in our spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's the aspect of uh, uh, just like any truth of the Scripture, we we accept it and and we believe it. And I think where people get tripped up is the aspect of well, I don't know if I really felt. If, I, if I'm feeling it, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, and there are times when we do feel and sense the presence of God. And those are those are beautiful times. Mm-hmm. But just because we don't feel that presence mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the spirit is absent. The spirit is resident on the on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. 
so, you know, there, there are times uh, with, with what the Spirit does in our lives, you know, uh, He's with us, you know, in the, in the routine of the day, in the everyday stuff. Um, and uh, Brandon, you mentioned earlier uh, about the quote of um, somebody say, hey, the, well, the Holy Spirit's kind of shy. You know, he's 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 running in he's running in the in, in the background and oftentimes the, the work of the spirit in our life is operating in, in a realm of the spirit, literally operating in a realm of the spirit that we're not sensing in the natural. Um, but we know by faith that he is working um, and that uh, and that he is working all things together for our good. There's things that we uh, here. Here's 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 a little bit of a, a mind bender. So. When the spirit works demonstrably uh, in, in great demonstration in our lives, we, we sense it, you know, we feel it and all that. Uh, there are things that happen um, that the spirit is working that uh, you don't even you don't even know it. Mm -hmm. It's not just the things that you sense that he does, but there's things that you don't experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. um, so. I think the number one thing is that we just got to uh, believe by faith and understanding that the presence of God isn't with us one moment and then uh, gone the next. That would be that would lend to more of a works mentality, you know, towards our walk with Christ. He is always with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He never leaves us, never forsakes. Yeah. Uh, Galatians chapter four says this. Um, but when the but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman under born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Mm. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Mm. And so the truth of the word, like you're saying, Charles, the truth supersedes my momentary ability to sense or feel that truth. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the fact that we can call God our Father, that, that we have a relationship with God, that we are called sons, is, uh, is evidence to the fact that the Spirit is at work in us and through us. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if someone's struggling with that, maybe that's you, uh, I would just say, you know, that, that the truth of the Word, it, it should supersede. Now, there's, not, there's some practical things you can do, and we'll talk about that. But I think that the truth of the Word, what the Bible says to you, if you are a believer, that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, so going back to the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 16, even some of the things that it, it describes as the Holy Spirit's role in our life seem like very subtle things. So Jesus says he's going to be in you. And what is he going to do? Well, he's going to teach you. And then in John 14, 26, he says he, he teaches you and then he, he reminds you. He gives you peace. He testifies of Jesus. Um, he guides you, you know. And so these are words that don't scream thunder and lightning bolts. These are just sort of in the day-to-day -day run of things, man. And this is why when you open up the word of God and you read it, and even if it feels like a grind and you can't get your mind to settle down. Um, uh, so when the scripture, when Jesus says, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to take what I said to you and he's going to remind you about it. Mm -hmm. So you read something in the scripture, you know, this week, three months down the road, you don't even remember that devotion. But then all of a sudden that scripture is prompted to you in a moment in time that you need it. Okay. 
that happens and maybe it doesn't feel like anything, but that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. And so a lot of the ways that the Holy Spirit is, is working that I found, and I'm sure you guys can testify, honestly, 90% of the time, it's, there's, it's just a, it's a subtle thing. It's, it's life being lived out. And uh, man, thank God for, for the strong demonstrations where you feel it and you just want to lift your hands and give God praise. But then also just the, the, a lot of it is just in the, in the routine way that we see life being lived out. Yeah, and I think one of the ways we even see the Spirit working and, you know, see the Spirit dwelling and, and working in the life of the believer, um, I would even say if we are desiring God at all or to know Him or to seek Him or to wonder about Him, that's the work of the Spirit that's yeah. right. in us. Even even if we're not a follower of Christ yet and we are feeling kind of this tug to understand or to seek or to, or to grow in the knowledge of or to even question God— um, that's the spirit actually working and drawing. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and we would even just say that, that even the thought of God's absence mm. um, is evidence of his presence. Mm -hmm. um, it's the spirit working in you because there's no reason to think of God at all outside of his revealing. Right. Um, that's the spirit in you. Um, and that's working. And then there's indwelling. And I think everything that you guys have just said is, is spot on. But I, and then I think on top of that, we can also see that, in our desiring to feel him, our desiring to know God, and our desiring to grow in him. That's evidence of the Spirit mm -hmm. living and dwelling in us. Um, the fruit that we bear, mm -hmm. the, the, the desire to love the truth. Like, I don't know if you guys uh, ever at some point in your life just didn't really like reading Scripture or didn't really like praying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can still be hard even as a follower, but when yeah. the Spirit is dwelling in you, you begin to love the truth of God, yep. even if you struggle to read it sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, you love the truth, you wanna live in the truth, you have been made alive to the things of Christ, and so you long for Him, uh, you desire to be more like Him, you, you desire to feel Him and sense Him more. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think even in the desire for more of Him, that's a reflection that he's working right. and uh, and that he's moving in you and he's transforming you. And, and there's just a desire to please God, to live in his will, to, to, to live in the plan that he has for you, to follow and live on his mission, mm. uh, to be intentional in him, to treasure him above all other things. Uh, if those things are evident in your life, uh, then the spirit is evident in your life. Right. And, and so he's there and he's working. And, uh, and ultimately, anything that we're experiencing by the grace of God, like the spirit is the applier of grace. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, you know, to know him, to desire him, to, to think of him, to wonder why we don't feel him as maybe as much as we even want to, that's grace. And, um, and that's the work of the Holy spirit. Sure. Um, and so I think we're, we sense him all around us mm -hmm. <laughs> just in the evidences of everything that we, that we think of God and how he's drawing us unto himself to, to transform us or to even save us and, and bring salvation to us. Um, so what what's one thing, we've talked a lot about how it applies to us, the Holy Spirit applies to us uh, in the gospel truth. Um, so let me ask you guys this question. What is the maybe one takeaway, one or two takeaways, uh, and maybe how we should reflect on the Holy Spirit today in our lives? Well, I would say that um, for for the um, you alluded to this for the one who does not yet know Jesus, we have to consider what it might be like. How did you even get to this 
podcast? How, how, you know, were you invited by someone? Was there something, you know, and you've made it this far into the, (laughs) into the discussion. And so you have to consider what might that be? Is that just pure curiosity or could there be something deeper that is conspiring to bring you to this, this place for the life of the believer? I would say that, you know, if you are, are in God, if you are a son or daughter of God, then understanding and, and, and appreciating and meditating on the, the truth of the scriptures that were inspired by the spirit, right? Um, the, mm-hmm. the, the word of God is, is, is spirit filled, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and understanding that that is, this is what we believe. We believe the word of God. And even in times when we don't feel the spirit, that the truth still applies. We believe, we still believe those things and des- should desire those things. And then that we should continue steadfastly in the things that we know to be true. Uh, and, and, and so even if I, and it's not about faking it, it's about understanding that the truth of God is bigger than my circumstance. And so if he is worthy to be praised, he is worthy to be praised, whether I'm in a, an, a huge auditorium or if I'm in my room by myself. If he is, uh, if he is good to me, he is good to me in the in the good times and in the difficult times. And the Holy Spirit, you can ask the Holy Spirit to minister that truth to you and seek Him, and He will He will help you. Like like His name is, He is the Helper. He will help to rem- recall those things that you that you know to be true. Like you were saying, Charles, something that you may have learned and forgotten, but the Holy Spirit will bring that back to mind, and that would be a huge. I mean, that's been a huge encouragement in my life. And I think would be for anyone who's watching as well. Yeah, I think uh, from a very practical standpoint, we need to remind ourselves once again that Jesus did emphasize that he is our helper. Mm. Um, so as we talk about so much, uh, you know, here at Redemption Hill, because it is it is a gospel truth. It's all by grace. And it, uh, sometimes, I, you know, it seems to me that some people uh, feel like they have to even work up you know, to, to get into the spirit. It's like, well, no, the spirit's on the inside of you. But, um, but Jesus says three different times, once in chapter 14, once in chapter 15, and once in chapter 16 of the gospel of John, he, he just says, when the helper comes. So he has not left us alone. He's given us the help that we need um, to, in order to pursue him. Brandon, I love what you said here just a minute ago. I mean, just the, just the fact that you have that desire is a sign that the Spirit is at work in your life. If you're worried about the Spirit not being at work in your life, that's the sign that the Spirit is at work in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't even care. You know, and uh, so uh, he is our, our helper in, in the way that he does that, once again, is that he teaches us, he convicts us, he uh, works with us, he, he guides us, you know, he leads us. And... Um, and then once again, this is why it's so important for us to be consistent about intentional times of devotion and communion with God and in the Holy Spirit, you know, through word and times of personal prayer and personal worship. Because when we do that, we're, we're, sto- we're, we're storing up knowledge. Matt, like you said, the, the scripture is God breathed. We were made to commune, uh, uh, to commune with God. We, we are spirit, uh, uh, spirit beings. We were made to commun- communicate with God and to commune with God by his spirit. He's given us the word, his word, which is God breathed. And uh, so every time we read it, we are, uh, uh, we are uh, storing up uh, uh, his knowledge in our heart and it becomes things that the spirit of God is able to use uh, to, to direct and to lead us into his ways and, and, and to grow us in him. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
Yeah, and I, I would just say, too, along the same lines as, as what both of you guys are saying, uh, the Spirit points us to Christ. And I think we can't overemphasize that enough in the work of Christ. Um, Paul Tripp says that you preach to yourself more than anyone else. You yeah. talk to yourself all the time. You are always, I am always telling uh, myself, you are always telling yourself a gospel truth. Mm-hmm. Whatever you believe you need in your life to have the salvation that you're seeking. And only God ultimately can give that. And we we preach to ourselves all types of gospels mm-hmm. that fall short. Um, but the Spirit living and dwelling in us by placing our faith in the work of Jesus Christ and being saved by His grace uh, allows us to to understand the gospel truth and to preach the gospel to ourselves in every situation we are in. Um, and so all throughout our lives, multitudes of times a day, we need to understand the gospel truth and we need to proclaim it to ourselves so that we can actually live in its reality. Yeah. And and the more that we do, the more that we will sense the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah. And so I would just encourage each of us to do that. Uh, this week uh, to reflect on the work, uh, personal work of the Holy Spirit uh, and who He is and what He does. Uh, such a such a, a beautiful reality of, of who God is and um, and what He does and something that we need to reflect on more. And and we know there are there's so much more that we could say on the Holy Spirit. I mean, we didn't even touch on how the Holy Spirit works in the Old Testament and, yeah. and then after Christ living and dwelling in us and how he fills believers even today at different times in different ways to do different things. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different things we could have touched on. Yeah. There's so much more we even could have said in the lines that we did touch on. Um, but we will add some more resources and books and helps uh, into the notes of this episode. We want to continue to give opportunities for people to grow in the knowledge of who God is. And if I could just say uh, this, because yeah. I, I don't think you you will, because uh, uh, we're preaching through the books of Book of Acts is is has been our series now for a number of weeks. And if you want to get a picture, a real life picture of how the Holy Spirit transforms a body and a group of people. Go back and check out some of the uh, the past sermons uh, that Brandon has been preaching throughout the book of uh, throughout the book of Acts. I think that would be a great place to start. Mm -hmm. There you go. Shameless plug. (laughs) Um, But we will add some some resources to that. And maybe we can put a link into um, to that series as well. Um, But we want we we are here to encourage you to to share truth with you, to help uh, you uh, understand the truths of Christ and to come to the the knowledge of salvation if you are not a follower of Christ and also to help you walk in uh, and grow in discipleship and and living out the truths of who you are in Christ if you're a follower. Uh, And so we love you guys. We're praying for you. If you have any questions or concerns or you have a topic that you would love for us to to address at some point, you can send an email to info at redemptionhill.net. And uh, we, we hope you have a blessed week and we'll see you next Wednesday.